how to read a final order and care plan. The New South Wales Children's Court makes care orders under the Children and Young Persons Care and Protection Act 1998. This legislation is most commonly referred to as the CARE Act. The Act refers to children and young people. Children are defined as people under 16 years of age and young people are those over 16 years. For this podcast, I will refer to children and young people collectively as children. When does the Children's Court make orders? The Department of Communities and Justice can make an application for care orders to the court when a child has been assessed as being in need of care and protection. When can the court make interim orders and what are they? After the application is made, the court can make an interim care order for the child. An interim order will usually be made on the first date that the matter is listed at court. The magistrate can make an interim order only if the magistrate is satisfied that it is not in the best interests of the safety, welfare and well-being of the child to remain with their parent and that the interim order proposed is appropriate for the safety, welfare and well-being of the child and that the interim order is necessary and in interest of the child and is preferable to making a final order or an order dismissing the proceedings. Those sections are section 69, 70 and 70A of the CARE Act. Interim orders will generally relate to who will have parental responsibility for the child. The court often is asked to make an interim order that allocated parental responsibility for the child to the minister or to a relative or to one parent. There can also be interim orders that provide for the supervision of the child or where a person provides promises to the court called undertakings about things they will or will not do. Interim orders usually do not include anything about where the child will live or what contact they will have with family because these are the decisions that are usually left to the person who has been allocated parental responsibility. An interim order can be time limited. That is, it can go for a specific period of time, which means that the court will need to consider whether to make another interim order on the next occasion, or an interim order can be made until further order, which means that the interim order will remain in force until the court decides to make a different order. What are final orders? Final orders are orders that are made at the conclusion of the legal proceedings. Final orders will deal with issues around who will exercise parental responsibility for a child and how long they will do that for. Final orders can also provide for the supervision of the child or relate to undertakings that a person who will look after the child will give to the court. They can also set out arrangements for contact between children and their family. When can the court make final orders? If the court agrees that a child is in need of care and protection due to one of the reasons stated in the CARE Act at Section 71, some examples of those reasons might be 
there is no parent available to care for them or they have been or are likely to be physically, sexually abused or ill-treated or the child is suffering or is likely to suffer serious developmental impairment or serious psychological harm as a consequence of the domestic environment in which he or she is living. If the court makes that finding that the child is in need of care and protection because of one of those reasons, the court will be asked to determine what final order should be made in relation to the child. In making a final order, the court must be satisfied that the order is in the best interest of the child and there has been adequate permanency planning for the child. Even if the parties reach an agreement about a final order for the child, the court must still satisfy itself that the order is appropriate. So by way of example, illustrating the differences between an interim order and a final order, you may have a case where a child has been removed by communities and justice from their parents' care. Communities and justice will then file a care application in the children's court. On the first day that the children's court hears the care application, Communities and Justice will seek an interim order allocating parental responsibility of the child to, for example, the minister. That interim order may say that the interim order is in force until further order. That means that the child is in the interim parental responsibility of the minister until the Children's Court makes another order. There may be many more court appearances before the Children's Court is ready to make a final order. The interim order will likely be in force for all of that time until the Children's Court makes a final order. In the example, when the Children's Court is make, ready to make a final order, the court may make an order such as the child will be in the parental responsibility of the minister until they turn 18. What is the difference between a short-term care order and a long-term care order? Final orders can often be separated into short-term care orders and long-term care orders. Short-term court orders are final orders that are in place for up to two years. These orders are made when the court approves a permanency plan for a child that involves restoration, guardianship or adoption. These orders allow time for that permanency plan to be achieved. For example, a short-term care order might be made to provide time for a parent to attend rehabilitation or therapy and to achieve the outcomes that are required for the child to return to live with them in safety. Or a short-term care order could be made where a carer seeks to become a guardian for the child or to adopt a child and further time is required to assess whether those are viable options, noting that a carer and a child will need time to develop their relationship and the carer will need time to show they can manage decisions for the child, including contact with their family. A long-term order is a final order that will be placed in place until the child turns 18 years of age. Long-term orders can allocate parental responsibility to a parent, either jointly with another parent or to one parent to the exclusion of the other parent. 
they can allocate parental responsibility to a guardian, either solely to one person or jointly between two or more people. They can allocate parental responsibility to a relative or other person, either solely to one person or jointly between two or more people, or to the minister, either solely or shared with another person or persons. What is the effect of allocating parental responsibility for a child? At common law, parents are entitled to make all of the decisions for their children. Even if parents separate, they are still considered to have the right to make decisions for their children. This is the case until a court makes a decision that changes that position. When the court allocates parental responsibility for a child to another person, it changes who can make decisions for the child and moves that away from the parents to another person or other people. Some examples of the types of decisions that can be made by someone with exercising parental responsibility include where a child will live, what time the child will spend with their family, what school they will attend, what medical treatment they will receive, what religious upbringing they will receive. What other care orders can be made? There are many types of care orders. After orders allocating parental responsibly, some other common orders are prohibition orders. This is an order that prevents a person from doing something. For example, there could be an order that stops a parent from spending time with the child if they are under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Undertakings. These are formal promises to the court by either a parent or a person who will exercise parental responsibility that they will do things or refrain from doing things. For example, a parent might provide an undertaking to attend drug and alcohol counselling. Supervision. This allows Department of Communities and Justice to monitor how the child is doing and whether the goals that have been identified for the child are being met. For example, there may be a goal to re-engage an older child in school or training, and this order will allow for a caseworker to continue to try to achieve this with the family. Contact orders. These are orders that set out the contact that a child will have with their parent, sibling, or extended family. Orders for contact are only sought when informal arrangements have not been able to be agreed upon. Contact is not normally the subject of orders and proposals for what contact will look like are usually set out in the care plan. Like I've already discussed, some of these orders can be made as an interim order or they might be made as a final order. A final order can be short term for up to two years or it can be long term until the child turns 18. By way of an example, a child is removed from a parent's care by communities and justice. The child is placed with their grandparents, who are authorised as carers. On the first occasion in the children's court, communities and justice could seek an interim order allocating parental responsibility to the grandparents on an interim basis. The children's court proceedings will then continue and if the child is then found to be in need of care and protection, the, child was, the court is then asked to make a final order. The court may decide to make a final order allocating parental responsibility for the child to the minister 
for a period of two years. The case plan goal for that child may be guardianship to the grandparents. The court may decide to make a two-year order allocating parental responsibility to the minister now so that casework can be conducted with the grandparents with a view to making a guardianship order later when they are ready to take on all the aspects of parental responsibility that a guardianship order would entail, such as managing the child's birth family contact without the involvement of a caseworker. So why is it important to understand what the care orders mean? It is important to understand what the orders mean whether they are interim or final or short-term or long-term, because they tell you who is responsible for making decisions about a child. And they also detail what ongoing obligations people have. If you do not know what the orders mean, you should always speak with your manager. And if they are not certain, communities and justice can provide clarity for you. Parental responsibility for a child can change. In the example I described above, before, interim parental responsibility was given to the grandparents, but the final order gave parental responsibility to the minister. The Children's Court will have reasons for this occurring, but it is important that you understand what the orders are in place for that child at that time, particularly as the interim orders can change until final orders are made. It is also important to understand when the final orders will end. If the final orders are a short-term court order, they will end after two years and it is important that appropriate planning is made around that time. For example, if the case plan goal is guardianship, then a Section 90 application seeking guardianship orders will need to be filed before the order expires in that two-year period. So, what is a care plan? The care plan is a document that is filed in the care proceedings. A care plan is required whenever the court is being asked to allocate a child's parental responsibility, including when it is to a parent. The care plan sets out communities and justices' permanent plan for how the child's best interests will be met during the period of the final orders that the court is being asked to make. The court cannot make orders unless they have approved the permanency plan within the care plan. This makes the care plan a very important document. What information is in the care plan? The care plan will set out who the child is and will provide details of their family and their connections. It will also provide a brief overview of the issues of concern for the child and what their experience has been since proceedings were commenced. The care plan will identify if the child has any special needs or considerations and sets out how they will be met. For example, the care plan will detail how developmental needs will be met and whether any support services are required for the child to reach their full potential, how educational needs will be met and whether any supports will be required within that setting, how any medical, dental or optical needs would be provided for the child how any therapy will be provided for the child to support their psychological needs. The other important things that the care plan details are 
Where restoration has been assessed as realistic, the care plan will set out the minimum outcomes that the parent will need to achieve for the restoration to occur. This provides a roadmap to make sure everyone is travelling in an agreed direction. It will provide information about where the child will live during the restoration. It will provide information about contact between the child and their family during the restoration. It will provide information about what the rest, what the transition will look like if the restoration is achieved. And it will provide details of any ongoing support that the family will receive after restoration has occurred. What about if restoration has not been assessed as realistic? In that case, the care plan will provide some information about why restoration is not being pursued. It will provide details about how permanency will be achieved for the child. That is, if restoration is, realist, is not realistic, will it involve guardianship for the child, adoption, or long-term care to the minister? The care plan pro will provide details about where the child will live and whom they will live with. The care plan will provide details of when the child will see their family, including parents, siblings and extended family, and details about whether contact will be formal or informal or supervised or not supervised. Where the child is an Aboriginal child or a Torres Strait Islander child, the care plan will also incorporate a cultural plan. The cultural plan provides information to understand the child's connection to land and people and details how everyone involved with the child will make sure that child will continue to be connected to land and people. The cultural plan is very important because it recognises the importance of children remaining connected with their culture and it makes people think about how they will be able to continue to participate and celebrate this. Can a care plan be changed? The care plan starts when the final orders are made and it finishes when the final orders end. So with a short-term care order, it might only be in place for two years, but for a long-term order, it could be until the child turns 18 years. The care plan itself doesn't change unless there is a change of final orders and a new care plan is filed. The care plan does, however, form the basis for the child's case plan, and this is regularly reviewed to take account of the child's life, their experiences and their needs. Why you need to understand the care plan and final orders. It is essential to understand what the orders mean and to understand the proposals and effect of the care plan so that you know what direction your casework with the family needs to take and so you are able to talk to children, their carers and their families about what those plans are. For example, if the court has made a short-term care order for two years and the care plan is proposing the permanency goal of guardianship because restoration has been assessed as not being realistic, the conversations and actions need to be aimed at preparing the child and the carer for guardianship and assessment of guardianship, not on working with parents to try and have their children restored to their care. Similarly, if restoration is being proposed, then the resources and casework needs to be directed to helping achieve that outcome for the child. The orders and the CAM plan help to set out who is responsible for what action or decision that needs to be made for the child. How do I talk about the care plan and final orders with the child? 
The key to talking about the care plan and final orders is to firstly make sure that you understand both documents. Is it a short-term order? Is it a longer-term order? Is the care plan supporting restoration? If not restoration, then where will the child live and who will look after them? When will the child see their parents and siblings? And who will make decisions for them? Will they go to the same school? Will they have the same connections and friends? Children need to know how things are going to impact them and the better your understanding of how the orders will work and what is being proposed in the care plan, the easier it will be for you to provide information to the child about the things that are important to them. How do I talk about the care plan and the final orders with parents? Most parents will have had a legal representative acting for them during the care proceedings and so they will usually have an understanding about what the final orders mean and what the care plan proposes. It's important that service providers don't provide a legal advice to parents. And so, if they are not sure of the legal effect of the final orders or the care plan, you should encourage them to speak with their legal representative. The care plan is, however, a very important document to be able to speak with parents about their children because it will have all the information about what parents need to do and what caseworkers need to do to enact the plan. Where it supports restoration, the care plan will also include the details of what the parents need to do for that to occur. The caseworker will be regularly talking to the parents about what the restoration plan is and to ensure it remains on track. If things are not being done, then those things can also be discussed. This will include considering what other supports could be provided by the service provider or by other support services. Where the care plan doesn't involve restoration, the care plan will still provide the foundation for case planning for the child. It provides the starting place for conversations about how permanency will be achieved, what the child's needs are and whether those needs are being met or have changed. The care plan will also be the starting point for discussions with parents about their contact and family time, as it will include minimum times for contact to occur. The care plan can include, include details about what needs to occur for contact to be greater in frequency or less and for it to be supervised or to become unsupervised. Service providers will need to engage with parents about the time they spend with their child.